Thank you for listening to the Weekly Market Outlook. It is our pleasure to bring an industry-leading market analyst to provide you with the most value possible in your farm business. Please reach out anytime by emailing cbaron at agviewsolutions.com. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the AgView Pitch. We're heading into a new week and also a new year. Uh, we're going to have this out on Sunday as normal, but we're going to be talking about the markets on the January 2nd through the 5th, first week of January. So we have with us today, Matt Bennett. Matt, how's it going? It's going well, just uh, wrapping up the year. So uh, excited to have another three-day weekend here. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So uh, let's talk about the first week in January. Sometimes we see interesting things. You know, we're, we're coming off a time frame when the trade is really light, you know, can things can move a lot, you know, up and down and stuff. But talk a little bit about some of the things that that producers need to be looking at as we head into this first week of, of 2024. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things that come to mind. You know, you and I talked before we started. There's been some real opportunity at the end of the year. Uh, a lot of these end users opened up for instance, uh, uh, Jan contracts, uh, mm-hmm. and tried to entice with free DP and all kinds of neat things. Uh, producers seemed fairly tight fisted. So there were some really nice basis pops around the country we have to understand that, uh, first week of January, uh, that's not going to be the case. And so, mm-hmm. uh, we do know that there'll be a lot of contracted grain moving around, uh, basis is unlikely to see any appreciation anytime soon. Uh, but at the same time, these markets have been awful depressed. So, you know, where are you going to look at for a rally type action? Well, you know, if if the if the forecasted rain for Brazil, which continues to seem to gain traction, you know, if it occurs, you're going to have a really hard time, I guess, getting the kind of rally, you know, I thought uh, we might see. Again, market's been pretty depressed. It's been kind of a lackluster end uh, to 23, if you will. But I, I got to think sometime over the next three to four weeks, we could see some support in here, maybe even a little bit of a rally action. You know, I think that uh, uh, the market probably is going to uh, get that opportunity. Typically, we see it at some point in here this time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just um, right now. <laughs> right now, it looks rough, Chris. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you, you got to ask yourself what's going to cause it. You know, I was talking with Joe about that, uh, you know, Friday morning, and and uh, we both kind of agree that uh, you need a catalyst, and maybe it's something none of us know about yet, uh, you know, but at the same time, uh, we can talk more about this. I think learning something from the way that 23 uh, manifested itself, uh, to me, is something that we need to be very, very aware of and cognizant of, of how it could affect the markets in 24. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we see some strength that first you know, part of January, you know, historically we have anyway, um, anything of hope there that you guys are seeing that could give us some opportunities. And then if we do, obviously, you know, you got to watch basis close too, because the price goes up and what spaces do it goes the other way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, uh, you know, there could be some money flow, you know, a lot of new money could come into the market here at the start of the year. Uh, quite frankly, some of this money lately has been looking for a home. Uh, there's a lot of good guaranteed money out there, though, uh, still. So, you know, it's tough to uh, to think that you're going to see a lot of flow into commodities. But the dollar, you know, obviously uh, this last week was uh, fairly weak overall. Uh, you know, uh, actually some of the lowest posted uh, prices that we've seen uh, in several months. And so 
you know, that should be supportive towards commodities, but at the same time, uh, again, you need a catalyst for a sustained move. You know, I could see maybe some money flow coming in here and get a uh, propping us up. Uh, but like you suggested, if you're looking to move old crop bushels, this is not the time of year, you know, to expect basis to hold steady if the market rallies, especially if the USDA is correct. And I think that they are in that we have the largest overall crop that we've ever seen. And there's about 15.2 billion bushels. Uh, and people say, well, geez, we didn't have the yield for that. Well, it doesn't, you don't have to when you plant 95 million acres, yeah. you know? So we got to understand there's going to be a wall of grain every time you see some sort of a rally, uh, you know, and with that being the case, uh, it's going to be hard to get a sustained move higher. Mm -hmm. So the next question I have is we, move into the month. I want to not get too far ahead of ourselves, but we do have a pretty important report coming out on the 12th of January um, with all of your teammates. You guys do a great job of kind of looking out ahead and kind of watching for those hurdles, watching for those potential opportunities as well. Um, what are some of the things you and the rest of the team are kind of looking at for um, things to watch or, or to pay attention to as we head into that report and, and what if anything, should we be doing in front of that? Yeah, I mean, so going into the report, we know a few different things. I mean, whenever I try to figure out price direction moving forward, I always want to look at what our balance sheets look like. So for corn worldwide, uh, we don't have a story. You know, you've got a what 314 million metric ton uh, carry. Uh, that's all kinds of corn. Uh, we, we don't have any fear there. Whenever we look at the U.S. balance sheet, you know, you go from a, a one three up to a two one plus. Uh, with that being the case, you know, obviously we're increasing stocks by over 50%. And so mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to say that uh, you can get a bullish uh, feel, either one of those, U.S. or world for corn, uh, beans. You know, if Brazil does get all this rain, you still have an average uh, type crop. Uh, you're going to have plenty of beans in the world. Uh, a couple uh, marketing, uh, the start of the previous marketing year, we were at 99 million metric tons. Uh, basically, we ended up at 100 this last year. That was with Brazil, uh, Argentina having an epic, like biblical level drought. Mm -hmm. And so this year, let's say Brazil comes in at 155, which is 10 million tons off of the original estimate. Well, if Argentina raises the kind of crop we currently think, uh, given the fact that they had that horrific drought last year, they go from what, 24, 25 million metric ton up to uh, the forecast of 48 right now. So overall, South American production is probably going to be higher. Worldwide, you don't have a story. And then in the U.S., it's tight. Okay, so yes, you've got crush industry expanding. A lot of good things going on. But world flow of beans, I mean, we're going to import beans into the U.S., into the Southeast. Yeah, I think it's possible. So I go into that report and I'm looking for something that's going to change that trajectory for me. Whether we tighten up the balance sheet a little bit, I don't know. But the thing that's tough for me, Chris, is that, you know, when you take the yield from August to September to October down, and then you you turn back higher for both corn and beans in November, you know, the history doesn't necessarily suggest that uh, we're going to get a yield cut in January. A lot of times when you raise that yield in November, you see an additional increase. And I think with the Eastern Corn Belt this year, finishing as good as what they did, I guess I'm a little I'm a little wary uh, that we're going to get a bullish surprise in January. So right now we're still uh, you know hoping for some sort of a, a friendly surprise, but you know at the same time we have to be aware that uh, this report also could have uh, some bearish surprises in store for us. 
if it does, is there any kind of protection or anything a person, I mean, there's people sitting there with, and you know this as well as anybody too, there's a, there's a lot of uh, hope bushels sitting in grain bins right now. Um, yeah. I hope we get an opportunity bushels. Right. So, you right. know, is there anything that a person should maybe be thinking about doing or, or, you know, between now and, you know, in that right. first week, you get these little rallies, you know, be jumping in. What What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, when Dees went off the board, uh, the carry out to July was like 40 cents. I've never seen that before. Okay. Yeah. So you look at July corn at 494. If I've got a bunch of bushels in the bin, I think we all know basis is going to be better uh, at some point in the future than what it is the first week of January. So, yeah. you know, if I'm concerned about bin bushels, Hedge the carry in the market, you know, go out to the July and hedge some, uh, you say, well, gee whiz, Matt, what happens if we go to 520? You know, if we go, if we go to 520, you're still likely to see basis work in your favor over the course of time, whenever bushels aren't as plentiful as what they are at the start of January. So if you're super concerned about it, I think, uh, uh just locking in a price basis, the board isn't a bad thing to do now. You know, I, I, there's a whole lot of moving parts here that we have to understand how these things work. And yeah, carry market, it's it's a little tougher market sometimes, you know, than than whenever the market's just screaming for your bushels when you you've got this big inverse, you know. And then that's what we've been blessed with here over the last couple of years. The market just comes to us. We want your bushels. We want your bushels. And, you know, there's been times over the last mar two marketing years, actually, that we held on to bushels longer than what we should have. And we're still rewarded. So, if we're honest with ourselves, we haven't had to be rocket scientists to be uh, profitable in farming in 21 and 22. Uh, 23 is a little uh, skinny for a lot of folks, uh, but got a lot of money in our pockets still from 21 and 22. We're going to have to get better at what we do, uh, be a student of the markets and, and make sure we understand uh, what a carry market means for us and how we can use it. And if you've got bushels at home, uh, hedge them like the elevator does in town because that's what they do is they hedge the carry in the market and they wait on the, the processor to want bushels more than when those bushels went in the bin. Mm -hmm. That's that's all really good perspective. And and the other thing too, to tack onto what you said, uh, I think is, you know, that July 494 corn price, if the price does go up 30 cents, um, this is going to lead me into the next question is, there's going to be 2024 crop to sell too, right? Not just the 23 crop, but that's going to give us some additional strength, not one-to-one, -one, but give us some pretty good opportunity probably on that DS 24. Talk a little bit about that, uh, kind yeah, of what sure. you're seeing, what people should yeah, be thinking. Yeah, farm, farmer's always long, you know? So you got to understand if you're super concerned about old crop and you do something and it doesn't necessarily turn out exactly like you thought because mm -hmm. of a rally. I mean, what a beautiful thing. Now you've got you know, maybe, uh, maybe it's only a 15, 20 cent rally, uh, for new crop, but it's still a rally. And so, uh, mm -hmm. I want everyone to understand, uh, last trading day of 2022, you know, D's 24 corn settled at 562. And so we basically lost about 60 cents. And so the question I posed on Twitter actually on Thursday was, what do you think about this 505, 506 D25 uh, price? Do you think mm -hmm. that uh, we're going to see a 60 cent drop? What do you, you know, and I had all these different scenarios. And so 71% of people felt like D25 
as you closed out the 24 calendar year would settle below $5. Okay. So that tells me, Chris, that there's a whole lot of people that need to be running balance sheets, return on investments. Uh, you know, what's your break even and, and do something from a marketing standpoint. I'm not saying you sell the whole farm and you don't have any upside. I mean, that'd be crazy. But I also think that if you feel strongly that this uh, market is set up against you, and if you have a normal crop, that the market's going to fall apart again, you better be real careful. Because uh, I think you and I have talked about this before. You know, you looked at 23 and we just put a fortune in that crop. Um, we stacked the deck against ourselves because we didn't sell enough expensive. Uh, uh, when we bought expensive fertilizer, we didn't sell enough high price corn. That's the only time you see really expensive fertilizer is when the price of corn is high. Yeah, and right. so this year people have this false sense of security that, Hey, fertilizer is not near as high this year. I don't need to be as worried about it as what I was last year. You know, well, if you run your break evens, then you know, Hey, I can make money at a lower price than what I could on this 23 crop. You know, how does it look if you take a 60 cent bath, you know, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but a 2.1 carry Chris does not typically equate to $5 corn. Mm -hmm. And so again, I got to be a student of that. I got to understand uh, what, what does a, a, a big stocks number typically do to price levels? You know, how do markets act on the heels of a multi-year type rally? And so yeah, coming out of 08, coming out of 12, especially coming out of 12, you know, the next several years were pretty rough sailing as we all know. And so uh, are we going to see that kind of action repeat itself again, potentially, and so I got to cover my rear end as, as I move forward here. Mm -hmm. oh, I love the tune you're singing there because that's the the one Shay and I sing all the time is it's all about margin management and, and making sure you're going to cash flow. We've seen a lot of balance sheets already uh, in some of these farm meetings, and uh, we've seen a lot of working capital erosion for various reasons, things being purchased and changing the cash flow and, and the, the inventory of the grain at 450 versus six something, it really changes the changes the outlook for sure. Yeah. Um, anything on soybeans? We've kind of been talking corn pretty heavily. Anything, uh, you, you know, and and we you can lead into acres too because, mm -hmm. you know, I think you look at the corn bean ratio. That's a consideration, but I also think a lot of guys are looking at cost production. There's some agronomic considerations there, but as as guys are thinking acre mix a lot of them are already set but what what do you think from a from a macro standpoint what 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 are you looking at yeah so uh, a few things here 10 million acre uh, disparity in 2023 we're not going to see that in 24 it's extremely mm -hmm. unlikely uh, what you're what you're going to see is that bean acres will be closer to corn acres now how much closer um, is a big question so yes, you you drop the price of D24 corn by 60 cents, essentially, uh, over the course of the calendar year. That would lead you to believe, hey, you're really going to lose a lot of corn acres. But, you know, we know that the producer likes to plant corn in a lot of situations. And so with that being the case, uh, fertilizer relief, if you will, as far as the cost standpoint goes, leads me to believe we're going to still hold on to some acres here. Now, where's my head at right now? Uh, I'm probably in that 91 to 92 camp as far as corn acres go. I don't think you'll plant anywhere close to this 94.9 that we planted a year ago. Uh, as far as soybeans are concerned, you know, some of these new crush plants uh, coming online, uh, we continue to expand that industry. An originator that works for that plant, their job 
you know, is to, is to get bushels uh, secured. And so I do think bids will be pretty strong, you know, like around Shell Rock, Iowa, for instance, I know some of my growers up there that I talked to, you know, they, they, they're, they're going to go a little heavier beans than what they have in the past. And then your natural progression, you know, Chris, when you plant 94, nine and 83 and change, would be that bean acres will be very strong in 24. So I don't think we'll be 90 and 90 like I once thought we might. Uh, but I do I do think acreage could be fairly close. Like I wouldn't be shocked if you came in here with 90 and a half and, you know, 88 or 88 and a half. Uh, total 180, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, if you can't do 180 in 2023 when prevent plant was very low and commodity prices were sky high the previous calendar year, you're certainly not going to do it in 2024. So I'd say your uh, your total acreage at 178 or nine is 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 uh, plenty rich, and I don't see you getting above that. And so uh, the last thing to address that you asked about was just some thoughts on soybeans. And you know the thing is on soybeans once again is that we've got real tightness here in the U.S. If you've got old beans, I mean, there's been some places that have really chased those around uh, lately. Uh, crush margins up until the last week or two really were uh, pretty strong. Uh, board crush really got hurt uh, the last week of the calendar year. Uh, do I expect, though, that crush margins will still stay fairly strong into 24? I do. I think that the, the demand for soil and soy meal, uh, which has gone on uh, with the uh, industry starting to really uh, gain some foothold, is going to keep that margin fairly strong. And so, yeah, I think bean prices, I can't get bullish. Uh, mostly because of uh, world uh, stock situation. But at the same time, uh, bean prices really hung in there. And so, mm -hmm. you know, it's been very unfortunate to me that more people didn't take advantage of $13 plus uh, no 24. I'm not saying we won't get back there. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think sometimes what we do, and I know I'm getting a little windy here, but sometimes what we do is we look at, hey, we sold cash beans over the last year or two, you know, for what? 16 17 dollars in some cases and you know by golly i can't sell beans for 13 dollars and make my well <laughs> yeah. bull crap you can't you yeah. know i mean that that's a bunch of crap and you and i both know it and so we've got to we've got to get 21 and 22 out of our head whenever we're mm -hmm. marketing whether it's corn or beans yeah you know and, and get back to hey you know what there's years you and i to given our right arm for $10 beans, let alone $12.50. Yeah. And so uh, you know, as far as bean prices are concerned, run the math. Look at what your profit margins are. Lock in a worst case scenario on enough bushels that you're going to be able to sleep at night this summer if the bottom falls out. I'm not saying it will, uh, but if Brazil ends up with a 160 plus, Katie, bar the door. I'm, I'm worried about what bean prices might look like here mm -hmm. six months from now. Yeah. And hopefully we get a chance to get back to, to some $13 sales too on the new crop. So, you know, we're yeah. a little ways from that, but hopefully yeah. as people yeah, are absolutely. listening to this and as we head into to January or or uh, maybe get some opportunities. Um, last question, and I didn't forewarn you on this one, so you can smile now, but I'm going to ask you uh, an, a, a pretty, pretty uh, might be a simple question, might not be, but uh, I want to know from 2023, what was your best marketing lesson that you took away from 2023 uh, for you, Matt Bennett, the farmer and the advisor? What, what did you take away? You know, sticking to my guns whenever we tried to carry out the plan that we typically want to carry out. And what's that plan is looking at our profitability, uh, running the calculations and stepping out and doing something with it. So we had a lot of grain hedged at this time of year, 
a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, I know talk's cheap. So anybody who who wants to get the archives to the newsletter I put out over the weekend, I detail what we're doing as a, as a group mm -hmm. uh, and what we're doing as a group is what I follow as a producer, you know, because I, I could get checked up on those things. So I have to make sure that, that if I am uh, advising, if you will, uh, if I'm a farmer and I'm saying, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I got to be doing that. So, you know, a lot of people a year ago said, I don't know why you guys are so heavily sold that, you know, that's ridiculous after us having $7 corn this last year, if we, if we have a hiccup in production this next year, you know, we could be looking at seven or $8 corn. And I guess the way that I looked at it is I'm basing my decision on what kind of profit margin I can personally lock in. And whenever I'm putting so much money into a crop, I've, I cannot afford to take a big bath. Uh, why? I've been fairly aggressive, you know, in buying some farm ground and, you know, in building my business, if you will. There's just been a lot of things I've tried to be very aggressive on. And so I, I, I am very protective of my profit margins. And so I know that sometimes in my world, you know, uh, everyone loves the Monday morning quarterback. And sometimes you're a little concerned that, boy, if I made a big mistake here, I'm going to have egg on my face. Well, who cares? What I, this is what I always say. If you if your first sale is your worst sale, but it's profitable, you're gonna have an awfully good year. So my main lesson was sticking to your guns, not worry about what everyone else is saying. Market based on your farm's profit margins, and so uh, I preach it to everyone. And sometimes that means some of my producers may not market exactly like I do. Like for instance, yeah. my dad doesn't market exactly like I do because he has no debt. Yep. You know, it, it's a totally different type of mindset. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we stayed, we stayed true to ourselves and it paid off. It paid really good dividends this year. It may not next year, as far as being, uh, really at the top of the list, you know, as far as what our average price might look like, but we're still going to market for profit. And when we do that, I don't think we can lead ourselves wrong. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I, I think that's such a key thing is, you know, with the, the insurance and, the marketing and the things that we can do to mitigate risk. I think we really got to employ those tools and, and, uh, really pay attention, but I really appreciate your time today. Um, really, uh, hope you have a great 2024 and look forward to having you back on, uh, throughout the course of 2024 when, uh, when you can make the time. And, and, uh, with that said, uh, any final comments you want to leave guys with and we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I think, uh, again, I think 2024 could be an awfully, um, awfully nice year compared to 23. We didn't, we, again, are not going to have as much wrapped up in this crop yeah. as what we had with 23. And so there are opportunities now, today. Uh, they may not be here six weeks from now or 12 weeks or, or in the middle of summer. So, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, a person needs to be cognizant of what their situation is today and uh, be very protective of, of their farm's ROI because, uh, you know, 23, as you suggested, we, I think we burnt through some cash. I think the liquidity lot, ratios yeah. don't look anything like they did at the end yeah. of 22. And that's okay. You know, we're going to have good years. We're going to have bad years. Uh, but every year, every year is different. And I got to, as a producer, I got to be a student of this game. I, I highly encourage people to journal what they did right and what they did wrong yeah, in 23 yeah and make sure that they learn from it. Go back and look at it over the course of time, you know, because uh, it can definitely come in handy on down the road. So yeah. I wish everyone luck. I hope they have a great new year. And uh, yeah, we'll be back on whenever you need me again in 24. Awesome. Well, Matt Bennett, agmarket.net. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Yep. And I'd like to wish everybody a 
great 2024, and we will be back again with the second week of January here next week. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Agview Pitch. <laughs>